Nine kids. I can't even imagine. I mean, having five kids is such a blast. Can you imagine having nine kids run around in your house? That had to have been wild and crazy. Whew, wee, jeez. Mom and dad were busy, huh? Probably didn't have a TV. Well, good morning. We're going to get started this morning. And William Wallace said, I fight and you may die, run and you may live, at least for a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. You know, this morning we start a new theme and it's freedom for 2022. There is a great enemy today. There's a great enemy that is out there to attack every single one of us. There is such an attack on our freedom today like never, ever before. The only real prison is fear, and the only real freedom is freedom from fear. May we think of freedom not as the right to do as we please, but as the opportunity to do what is right. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on to them to do the same. If the freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. That was George Washington and Ronald Reagan. Never before have we seen our freedom such such attack on our freedom. Run, and yeah, we may live for a while, but it'll only be for a little while. Run and try and preserve your life and try and preserve it. It will be for a little while. But never before has God asked us to raise the flag of his freedom, which is truth. John 8.32 says, to the people who believe in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If the people believe in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He goes on two verses later and he says, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Never before, never before has there been such an attack on truth. Never before has there been such an attack for what is true and what is right. There is this massive attack, not only here in America, but around the world. There is an attack for what is real and what is truth. Jesus said, you must know the truth. But in saying this, he was saying that there's a continual process. It's not just hearing the Bible on Sunday. There's a continual process that needs to happen. In knowing the truth, there must be a continued focus in knowing and spending a life devoted knowing the truth. But he says, as you get to know the truth, it is a truth that will make you free. Definition of freedom means a state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. The de definition of free means not under the control or in the power of another, no longer confined or imprisoned. You know, as I sit and I, I thought about this message, what many define as freedom or being free is actually building a prison. Many feel that there's many people in our world today who feel that they've been put in a prison and they blame everyone but themselves. 
choices, guilt, shame, mistakes, making excuses, playing the blame game. Psalms 119.44 says, I will keep on obeying your instructions forever and ever. I will walk in freedom. I have devoted myself to your commandments. I will devote myself to your commandments. And as David make that statement, how does, how does devoting oneself to instruction, how does devoting oneself to commandments, how many of us as kids remember parents having rules? You know, and how many of us remember those wonderful people who, you know, came out with music about how roles need to be broken, this, that, and the other. And for many teenagers, how many kids thought as a little kid, it is so freeing, yes, to break mom and dad's rules. You know, my best friend is a teenager who is a pastor's son. Whenever him and his dad would get in a fight, he would put on ACDC, the Highway to Hell song, and he would just turn it up as loud as he could rock this house. And many of us at certain times, see, that's what the devil's message is. Follow me and I'll show you the way to freedom. But really what he's saying is I'm leading you away like a, a lamb to the slaughter. Many, what people think is a prison, is not really a prison at all. David makes a statement, it's the commandments of God that makes me free. It's the commandments and his instructions that make me free. It's following the instructions and the commandments of his word. It's what makes me a good person. It's what makes me strong. It is what makes me truly, truly free. This morning, we're going to jump into Matthew 4.18 as we kick off a new thing called freedom. Turn to your neighbor and say freedom. And as we do, one question before we read. Is there one thing that you need to be freed from? Is there any of us this morning, is there just one? Now, some of us have ten fingers on our hands and we can count all the way to ten. But is there just one this morning, one thing that God is saying, you need to be freed from this one thing? Matthew 4, 18. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net in the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I'm going to show you how to fish for people. Sounds exciting. Verse 20, and they left their nets, and at once they followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called to them, come too. And they immediately followed him, leaving their boat and their father behind. Jesus this morning, as we start this story and as we paint this picture from these verses here, it says in this day that respectable teachers, respectable rabbis usually would wait for disciples to come to them. Jesus in the beginning, as we see this picture being painted, he didn't wait for disciples to come to him. He called out to them. He went to them and this would paint a radical man, a radical rabbi, a radical teacher. And if yes, you study the life of Jesus, most people around the world all would agree Jesus was radical. The things that he said, the things that he did, the things how and how he talked to religious people. The things how he talked to people who weren't religious, people who weren't church folk. Jesus was radical. And so the, from the very beginning of his ministry, he starts off by saying, I am a radical rabbi. I am a radical. I don't need to do the things how you all do them. I'm going to do the things how God tells me to do them. Jesus was radical from the beginning. 
Jesus started a radical ministry. Jesus did things that were radical. Jesus ate with people that no one wanted to eat with. Jesus hung around with people that nobody wanted to hang around with. Jesus did things that no one had ever seen before. Jesus said things like, your sins are forgiven. It drove people crazy, the things that he said. And so as he sees Peter and Andrew, he says to them, come follow me. And as he said this statement, the statement means to accept my beliefs. As he says to uh, Peter and Andrew, he says, I want you to come follow me. And in saying this, it means I want you to follow my beliefs. I need you to follow my lifestyle as your own. Come follow me. And to be a disciple of a rabbi, it means that you would come after and it means that you would walk behind the rabbi. What a humbling position. But to think, and they had no idea at this moment who was asking them to come and follow, but they would walk behind Jesus. Jesus continued on and he goes to James and John. Peter and Andrew, let's skip forward a little bit. Peter and Andrew, it says that as Jesus had come follow me, it says that he, they immediately left their nets. And they were fishermen, they were commercial fishermen. It wasn't the lowest paid job of the day, it was a decent job, but it wasn't the highest paid job either. But for them, as Jesus said, come follow me, they said, sure, we'll walk behind you. Sure, we're gonna leave our job. Sure, we're gonna leave some money behind. We're gonna leave the security or paying our bills. There is a commitment and a cost that Peter and Andrew made. Now turn to your neighbor and say, are you like Peter and Andrew? Peter and Andrew, left their job. And we all know that would, it's a cost and that's a sacrifice to give up your job for Jesus. But as Jesus goes on, and we don't know if it's a few feet down the road, he calls out to James and John. And Jesus says to James and John the same thing, come follow me. But the thing that is stated about James and John is a little different. They leave their nets, but it says they leave their father. In this day, family business was more common than it is today. In this day, in Jesus' day, this was very common to have a family-run business. Mom, dad, kids, the whole nine yards. That's why you have nine kids, right? You just keep on going and going and passing on, right? James and John not only leave their job, they not only leave their security, they leave their dad. And they leave the, the past, all the, all the generations before them who grew up to be the fishermen, they leave that past. The present in making, this is who I am, this is my money, this is my source. In the future for them, they would take this career, if they stayed with it, and they would pass it on to their sons. And so we see James and John making an even more radical sacrifice. I'm giving up my past, my present, and my future. I don't even know Jesus yet. He seems like a nice guy. His outfit is awesome and amazing, of course, but I don't even really know him. But in this moment of seeing and hearing, they're willing to leave everything, everything for this man, Jesus, even their own family. This morning, as we start a new theme, I picked this story because it was a place of a beginning. We start a new year, 2022, turn to your neighbor and say, Happy New Year. We start a new year, we start a new theme, freedom. And in this beginning, this was the beginning for Jesus' ministry. He was calling his disciples. It was a place of beginning. 
And in this beginning, it was a new beginning for the disciples, for the boys that he called, the men that he called. It was for Peter and Andrew, for James and John. It was a beginning for Jesus as he started ministry. It was a beginning for the disciples as they began to follow. It was a place of beginning. It was a fresh start. It was a fresh start. How many of us this morning in certain areas of our life need a fresh start? How many of us in 2022 need a fresh perspective on life? How many of us wish that we can erase certain things like a chalkboard and say, I'm done with this, I'm done with that, and just wipe everything clean. I'm ready for a fresh start. This morning we see men who left their nets and they left their father to follow Jesus. They left everything they had to begin again with Jesus. Letting go of everything that they had in their, in their hands and giving it all to him. Jesus said to them, I know you fish for a living, but I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. Life is connecting with people. Jesus said, you're leaving behind fishing for little fishies. And I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. Following me now is changing everything. It's going to change your identity. It's going to change all that you have. Jesus changes everything. How many of us have a morning schedule and a morning routine? How many of us, when we work, most of us work, when we work, how many of us, we have that morning routine? Get up, you have to have coffee first, right? You shower, you get ready, you get all your stuff ready. How many of us have to prepare certain things for the day? This is what I need on my job. This is what I need. That morning routine. And I'm sure for the fishermen, they had a routine as well. It's not that easy to prepare yourself to go and fish all day. I mean, it, it is wonderful and beautiful. Isn't fishing wonderful, right? It's, it, uh, the worst day fishing is still better than a day on the job, right? But for these men, they were commercial fishermen. So they got on their boats, they went out to sea, and there was nights where they didn't catch anything. It was a night job. There was nights where they didn't catch a darn thing at all. Sitting there on the boat with other grown men and doing nothing at all. They didn't have cards back then. They didn't have cell phones back then. They couldn't jump on social media. They couldn't watch YouTube. They couldn't do any of those things, right? Kids would be like, how boring. They sat there and waited the fish would go into their nets. How many of them had a daily routine? And how many of us know that I need a daily routine? It feels good. My daily habit. And so as these men, these four men that were described in this story, think about the next morning. Wait a second. I'm not going fishing today. Wait a second. I'm not getting on my boat today. Everything, everything changed in this moment. Everything changed in this moment. Every habit now changed. Every routine, it's now different. What do I do right now? Where am I going today? What do I prepare? This is all new to me. And the only thing that they had to fall back on were the words that Jesus said, come follow me. Where? I don't know. Come follow me me. There is an unknown that God wants to lead you to. There's no directions. There's an unknown place mentally that God needs to lead us to. There's an unknown place emotionally that God wants to lead us to. There's an unknown place spiritually that God wants to lead us to. And he's saying, come. For us, we like instructions. We like to know where we're going, what we're doing. 
the routine, the habit. We're not sure what God's going to do next, but we know that God's going to do something. We're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. We're not sure what's going to happen next week. But one thing you can be sure of, God is in control. God is with us. God is going to have his way. You know, more than ever before, we see that our freedom is, is under attack. More than ever before, we've seen that COVID has changed our world forever. For this one word, COVID, people have used it to hypnotize other people. This one word, COVID, is being used to control the entire world. And how many people, as we go back to William Wallace, I fight and you may die. Run and you live, at least for a little while. How many people are running to live today? Really while they're dying. Run and you live, at least for a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this to that? One chance, one chance to tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never, ever take our freedom. There's people out to control you today. And it's only you who can give it away. God has created you to be free. God has created you to be a free man, a free woman. And that, that freedom isn't to do whatever you want. Sometimes that's what many people think. Well, then if he's maybe to be free, I can just do and live whatever I want to. Freedom is never free. Freedom doesn't mean you go and do whatever you want to do. But it's learning to thrive in what he's made you to do. God made every one of us. God put every single one of us together. God created us. He helped that process in mom's womb. He put those pieces together. He helped every single piece fit together. Because he has a plan and a purpose for you. Luke 4.18 says this, The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Most people work to pay bills. Most people work to save a little money. Most people work so they can buy a Joel and Italian sports car. Most people work because there's something in this life they feel they're getting. Jesus in this story and these four men in this story, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they learn it's not just about the job. And as I give my life to Jesus, as I choose to follow Jesus, I'm impacting today, I'm going to impact tomorrow, and then I'm going to impact eternity. God didn't make you just for today, but he wants you to enjoy today. God didn't make you just for tomorrow, but he does want you to enjoy your tomorrow. God created you for the purpose for today that affects every single day going forward, but into eternity. And so this morning as we wrap up, and as we get ready to close, I end with the question I started. 
There's so many people out there that want to take your freedom, and many have given their freedom away. There are so many people running scared because they want to live. Even though in, in running to live, you already chose to die. We as people, no matter how much we want freedom, most of us, most of us will cho still choose slavery. We see that picture. How many of us know the story of the Jewish people? They moved from, from Canaan to Egypt because they didn't have food and there was a famine in the land. Joseph brings his father and his brothers to Egypt. And as these men grow up and they have, it said they had so many kids. They were like sprinkling water and babies were popping out everywhere. The Egyptians started to become afraid of the Jewish people because they were becoming strong and powerful. So as the Egyptians see the Jews, the first thing they want to do, we have to enslave them. Because if we don't, they're going to control us. And so for years and years and years, the Jewish people became slaves. They came, became slaves to the Egyptians. They cried out for freedom. Freedom! Free! God frees them. God gets them out of Egypt. He even sends them out rich. Their neighbors give them parting gifts. Here's my gold necklace. Here's my diamond earrings. And so as they leave, they leave in the middle of the night and, and neighbors are throwing gold and silver at them. And so they leave and they're rich. They cried out for freedom. But soon as they get to the desert, soon as they didn't understand what's God going to do next, you know what they did? Let's go back to Egypt. We don't like it here anymore. We all cry for freedom, but choose slavery almost every day. We cry out to be free, but yet we run back to certain things that, that bound us, that bind us. God made you to be truly free. And there's only one place that you can go continually, Jesus said, to find that freedom. You know the truth. You know the son. He alone can set you free. And today I'm asking you, don't give your freedom away to anybody. Stand for truth. Stand for Jesus. Because if not, then we've just basically given up our life to somebody else. Let's pray. God, we come to you this morning and we thank you for a beautiful day. God, we thank you for this moment. God, we thank you for your grace. God, we thank you for your mercy. God, we thank you for freedom. God, that you created us to be free. God, that you created us to know and to live and to walk in all that is freeing in your son Jesus. That you are the way, truth, and the life. God, you created us, God, for today. God, you knew this morning that every single heart, mind, and soul in here, they are strong and they are powerful and they're ready. We are ready to lead with truth. Everywhere we go and everything that we do, that we can cry, that we can ring the bell of freedom. No one, no one's going to take my freedom. No one. But the only way to be free is to say something about it. It's not enough to sit at home and talk about freedom. And it's not enough to just be quiet and keep silent. Because in doing so, you've given away your freedom as well. 
the only way and the only thing that God's asking us today is we must speak about the freedom that he created us to have. With your eyes closed and heads bowed, a couple last quotes. There's three types of freedom. Freedom from, and freedom from the constraints of society. A freedom to, a freedom to do. Freedom to be, not just to do what we want, but a freedom to be what we are meant to be, who we're meant to be. Freedom is never more than one generation, generation from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. But remember, freedom must be fought for. Freedom must be protected, handed on to them to do the same. And so with your eyes closed and heads bowed, there's certain things God hasn't given to you because he's asking you to stand and fight for them. You have to fight for them. You got to stand and fight for them. There's certain things in life he just didn't give because he said, I can't pass this to you. I can't just give this to you. You must choose to stand and fight for truth and freedom. Today, this year, it's a place of a beginning. It's a new beginning. Where is God asking you to begin again? Where is God asking you to begin again? What is he asking you to start new, fresh? What is he asking you to leave behind security and trust, to follow him into the unknown, into the radical place with a radical rabbi named Jesus? Where is he leading us into this unknown future? So exciting and so crazy because it is he alone who holds our hand and our future. God, we give you this day. We pray this morning that you would make us, God, that you would prepare us, God, that you would encourage us and fill us with so much courage for the day that we live. God, it is cold out there and there's times where it's dark. God and his people are out there to seek and take our freedom away. God, I pray that you'd help us to not give away what you paid for, freedom. God, help us to fight to be free. Help us to teach our kids, if they want to be free, they have to stand and fight for freedom as well. And with our eyes closed and heads bowed this morning, if you're here this morning, just to have a moment between you and God, if there's anything here this morning that God is saying to you, you need freedom from this, you need freedom from this. And if there's one thing that pops to your mind, then that's God talking to you right now. Look up to heaven and say, God, I give it to you. Yes, free me. And for some of us this morning, there's nets that God's asking us to leave. Trust, security, money. He said, stop, stop worrying only about this life. <clears throat> so we close this morning. What is the net that God's asking you to leave behind?
what security blanket are you clinging to for your life? And Jesus is saying, look, you want me. You want an answer. You want answer prayers. You want healing. But yet you're still clinging to your security blanket. The disciples had to leave their life to find a new life. <clears throat> and this morning, the answer that you're looking for, the answer that you're praying for, Sometimes we just expect God to answer like a genie. But he's saying, this time, I'm asking you to give and leave this. And then I'm going to answer your prayer. What is God asking you to leave behind today? God, as we close and get ready to leave and, and just move into our week here in 2022, today's January 9th, this is already one week in. God, inspire us this week. God, speak to us this week. Give us the courage this week to be who you made us to be. Not letting a job define us, not letting family and culture define us, not letting money define us, but God, may we stand and be who you've created us to be. Life, giving, people, love, grace, mercy, kindness, forgiveness, gentleness, self-control. And help us to find those things this week. God, we choose today to leave our nets and to follow you in this new beginning, this new year. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.